another edition of the College Gridiron Showcase Watchlist Show. Tracking the top NFL draft prospects on the planet each and every week. Brought to you by the NFL Draft Bible. Broadcasting around the globe. With your hosts, Joe Everett, Justin Gamble, and me, the R.I.C. Rick Saratella. We are on air. Oh, yeah. Episode number 39. Welcome to another edition of the College Gridiron Showcase Watchlist Show. I am your host, Rick Saratella. I'll be joined by my co-host for today, Justin Gamble, in just a second. But we are here on October the 5th, 2017. And it's a quick reminder that the fourth annual College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium will be held in Addison, Texas, January 6th through the 10th. That's right, January 6th through the 10th. Book your tickets, book your hotel. You can find out all that info on cgsallstar.com. That's www.cgsallstar.com. And we have a very another special announcement. Each and every week we're hitting you with breaking news on the College Gridiron Showcase, but we have a very exciting announcement this week. Uh, I'm excited to bring it to you, and to make that announcement, we have one of the co-founders of the College Gridiron Showcase each and every week, Jose Jefferson or Craig Red, join us on the Define Fuel hotline, and this week we have uh, Craig Red, co-founder of the College Gridiron Showcase, with us to tell us the latest news. What's happened there, Craig? What's happening, Rick? We uh, we have a bunch of news dropping, so I've been giving you guys teasers about the Scout Workshop, but the Scout Workshop is official. It's off the ground, ready to go. Uh, but I think the big announcement you're talking about, because we've been we've all had scouting meetings this week, and you know an hour meeting turned into about a two and a half hour meeting, which was awesome. Came away energized. Uh, players should start looking for invites. We will start doing some, some sending out some invites here, um, probably within the next week. So. Uh, Really excited about that. That process has started, which means we are we are go. We are all about football now. Yeah, we're gonna hit the ground running. You know, I'm excited about this because we've been we've been talking about a lot of these guys now uh, since, quite frankly, since the last draft ended. So you know, now <laughs> um, we got hey, we got five or six bodies of work now to go off of after this weekend's action. About five or six weeks of college football action will be in the books. And that means we can start sending out our priority invites. And I'm sure other all-star events will be sending them out uh, shortly as well. And, you know, that's kind of what we discuss here on the College Gridiron Showcase watch list show. We talk about which prospects are on our radar, which prospects could get invites to other games. And we're not strictly College Gridiron Showcase. We're an NFL draft show with a focus on the College Gridiron Showcase because that's what we do here. And as Craig mentioned, we had our uh, scouting meeting this past week, and it was it was probably about three hours, but it felt like three minutes because this is what we love doing. And if you love to scout, if you want to improve your scouting characteristics, you want to understand what it is to have an eye's talent, or maybe you just want to network with NFL scouts and, and make some connections in the industry, uh, Craig, there's a new offering on the Cod's Gridiron Showcase website now that uh, people can sign up for. Tell us more about it. Sure. Uh, we are offering a, basically a one-day crash course into scouting just to give you a, a good overview of the business, what scouts look for when they look for players, some characteristics, how they grade players, uh, just to talk in general um, what 
what you really should be looking for when you're looking for a pro prospect. Um, you're going to have some hands-on experience through our free agent event. So you're going to have a chance to go out there and actually scout some of the players that we have at the free agent event and learn how to write some scouting reports. So as I said, it's going to be a great crash course. It's going to be taught by three former NFL scouts. So you're really going to hear from the people who do it for a living, who have been doing it, who have done it at the highest level. They are going to be the ones instructing the course, which, you know, quite honestly, if we didn't have so much going on that day, uh, matter of fact, I'm still going to try to sneak into some of the courses just to continue to improve, my, you know, and hone my skills. So I think it will be very worthwhile for anyone who has some kind of interest in scouting, wants to improve themselves, who might want to get into the business down the line, who maybe is a fantasy guru, who just wants to understand it a little bit better. I think it's really going to be a, a great eye-opening crash course for people. Yeah, and that link is now live on the cgfallstar.com website. Just uh, log on to the homepage. You'll see in the menu bar the workshops drop-down menu, and uh, the scouting workshop can be found right there. Our uh, Cogs Gridiron Showcase watch list, uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of senior prospects can also be found up on the website and uh, Craig, anything else you want to hit us with here before we let you run? Sounds like we just hit you with a lot right now. So I think this is good because next week I'm sure we'll be dropping some more dimes on everybody. But of course, so uh, NFL draft prospects, you know, keep an eye open for those college gridiron showcase invites uh, going out probably next week. Hey, Craig, we appreciate it, my man. Gentlemen, thank you. We'll talk to you soon. All right, there's Craig Red, co-founder of the Cod Gridiron Showcase. Each and every week we hear from either himself or Jose Jefferson. And today, uh, Joe Everett cannot be with us, so we give a shout-out to him. But with me today is the Gamble, Justin Gamble, dropping the hammer on him. And he is with us now on the Defiance Fuel Hotline. Justin, just the two-man show today. You ready to fly with me, brother? Not going to be the same without Joe Cool, the man, the myth, the legend, but I think we can pull this off, so let's get going, man. Yeah, it's been a while since we haven't had Joe with us, but you know what? There's a lot going on in college football and marquee matchups we're going to get to later on in the podcast. But first, you know, we've been breaking down our um, FBS watch list and FCS watch list each and every week. We've been bringing you under the radar prospects, so that's what Justin and myself will do here, and then we'll get to the marquee matchups now. Uh, Justin, if you want to follow him and get more of his insight and analysis, he'll be one of those uh, scouts on hand at the College Gridiron Showcase along with myself and Joe and Chris Shanafelt. And those of you who do sign up for the scouting course will get uh, hands-on experience with us out in the field uh, field level scouting, standing next to us and just, uh, you know, conversating. You know, we're hanging out with the NFL scouts, just conversating about prospects. You'll be surprised how much you can learn with your ears and your eyes. And, uh, you know, we're really excited about that. But follow Justin on Twitter, at Scout, one of the best Twitter follows around. You'll thank me later. And, uh, Justin, <laughs> let's kick it off here. Uh, of course, you know, a lot of scouts are watching these college uh, football matchups. I think, you know, the uh, the Luke Falk and, and uh, Sam Darnold shootout drew about 16 uh, scouts from 16 different NFL teams, and we had uh, over 111 
NFL scouts, I think, uh, last year at the College Gridiron Showcase. But, you know, the FBS watch list – oh, let me rephrase that. The FBS watch list player of the week is usually a player that is typically on the radar that, that people normally uh, hear about in the news. But who is your FBS watch list player of the week this week, Justin? Well, going through these guys, I got one maybe popular, and then I couldn't help myself, man. I had to bring on a second guy because he just he popped off the tape for me, and he did something that hasn't been done this year. So I'll start with the, the known guy, and we're going to go to Luke Falk, man. Um, you know, this is the prototype pocket passer. He outdueled Sam Darnold on the big stage last Friday night, uh, 34-51, 340 for yardage, two touchdowns, and INT. Um he did it against the stout USC defense, too. I mean, his receivers dropped a ton of passes. Otherwise, this game might have not been that close. Uh, he's a redshirt senior, four-year starter. I had the pleasure of going to Boulder, Colorado last year and watching him live versus the uh, versus the Buffs. And, I mean, fourth, the third and fourth quarter, I went down field level because I wanted to hear the noise. I wanted to hear, you know, kind of see the atmosphere and hear what Luke Falk was hearing. Um, and it was deafening. Uh, I was down there with a few other scouts and stuff, and it was absolutely crazy. But, you know, in, in the face of pressure and in the face of adversity, Luke Falk was hanging in there. He was pretty calm. He's pretty poised. He's barking out orders. Uh, I think that's the one thing about this kid that really stands out on tape. Uh, I had an evaluator right after the game last week, and he goes, he texts me and goes, you know, Luke Falk might be boring, but he's efficient and he's effective. Um, so he's a cerebral guy. He's got the he's got the arm talent, maybe not to shred every defense out there, but he's got enough juice and um, the touch and anticipation that he can throw with is kind of Matt Ryan esque. So he's maybe not someone who you say this is going to be a top fifteen pick, but could he sneak in the back half of the first round? Possibly. Um, and he's you know no no doubt going to be a day two guy at the very least. So. Falk kind of showed on that big stage, you know, with inferior talent compared to the Trojan team, that he can get it done and he can hang in there, you know, and uh, battle all games. So that was that was encouraging to see. And like I said, I got a, I got an under the radar FBS for you. And I know we're getting to under the radar, but this is just one of the guys I couldn't help but talk about today. And it's Jordan Wilkins, the running back from Ole Miss. Um, he is the first running back this year to post a hundred yard game against that Bama defense. Um, he did it in a 66-3 to blowout loss, but this kid still had 12 rushes for 101 yards. Um, and I think he just wouldn't stop fighting. Every single carry that he got, you'd see the balance and the leg drive and uh, just the fluidity in his athleticism. Um, he's got a little burst. He's got a little, got a little giddy up through the hole. Um, he's patient. He, kept, he kind of did the Le'Veon Bell a few times where he would just kind of wait it out, wait it out, wait it out. Um, and watch that Alabama defense kind of two-gap and pick whoever lost first or whoever lost their leverage, you know, against the O-line first. So um, he was encouraging also to watch because it's just another new player that kind of popped onto the scene. He's a redshirt senior as well. Um, he tra- No, he didn't transfer, but he hasn't played since 2015, was ruled ineligible last year, but was a top recruit coming out of high school. So um, – could we be seeing another top prospect pop onto the radar and get onto our watch list? Possibly. Um, so he's something to watch moving forward, definitely. Yeah, an interesting name because uh, really, really haven't heard much from him uh, up until this past week. And 
seems like he's getting more and more carries here and getting more and more involved in the offense uh, for those Rebels. So, you know, hey, Jordan Wilkins, a guy to keep an eye on. And the quarterback, too, in a couple years, Shea Patterson, I I think he has another uh, couple years of eligibility left, but another guy highly recruited out of high school. So, you know, maybe Ole Miss can uh, start turning their season around here. Now, um, you know, you mentioned under-the-radar running backs. I have one that we just got on call. Uh, this kid, Jordan Chun from Troy, I mean, he was definitely on my radar. And then I watched him carve up the LSU Tiger defense like like Swiss cheese. And, yes, LSU is going through their difficulties, and they are struggling. But, I mean, Jordan Chun ran through them. He ran over them. He ran around them. Uh, it showed some ability to catch the ball out of the backfield a little bit. And listen, this guy is a cannonball, six foot, 240 pounds, senior for the Troy Trojans, not to be confused by the USC Trojans, but Jordan Chun is a guy here under the radar that should definitely be on your radar. And, you know, Justin mentioned his um, FBS player of the week and, you know, Luke Falk, Justin was a guy who was encouraging to see him bounce back against the Trojans because just a couple of weeks ago on a Thursday night game, I think it was against Boise State, Mike Leach had benched him and yanked him for yep. a couple of series. And Luke Falk was over there on the sidelines. And, you know, with us, when we're watching these games, we're, we're always watching them with a draft slant in our mind. And I'm thinking, man, this isn't really going too well for Luke Falk. And, and it, it was – it was really interesting to see because his season could have really spiraled from there if, if he let that affect him. But he bounced back, came back strong uh, uh, this past week. And, you know, really, I think the, I know you've done extensive work on Falk, Justin. Any concern watching him, he, he seems to be a certified dinker and dunker. And what I mean is that offense, they love throwing those screens, those bubbles and, and short to intermediate uh, passes, which doesn't mean it can't be successful at the next level. I mean, Steve Young made a pretty good career out of doing that, but uh, any questions about his arm strength or, you know, I, I don't know. Me personally, I like to see him take some more chances downfield, but that Mike Leach offense, I guess, just might not call for enough of it. You know, I think the main reason I kind of give him that Matt Ryan uh, comparison is maybe not that's how exactly good I think he's going to be, but I think they share really similar skill sets and styles in their game. Uh, Matt Ryan is not a strong-armed guy by any means, um, but in the right system, in the right offense, he's able to push the ball downfield. Um, And if you notice, he's never really driving it. He's never Aaron Rodgers into the tiny, tiny windows, but – He's that guy that really excels with anticipation and placement. And I think Falk, I've seen do that last year against Washington. Um, I remember watching a few of his throws that he threw into, you know, hole shots on the sideline or behind the linebackers underneath the safeties, you know, in the 15 to 18-yard range. And, I mean, he's just dropping them in these little buckets. I think that's where he is going to excel. I, I, I mean, to say he doesn't have arm strength limitations is just stupid because – he does, but uh, is it too severe? Is it too drastic to where it's like, hey, this, is he Kellen Moore? No, absolutely not. He's not Kellen Moore. He can throw the ball, but he's not going to be that guy that's just zipping it and ripping it. Um, but 
he has other strengths to his game. And I think being that cerebral anticipation thrower is what makes Falk so special. And like, like I said earlier, I, th- I mean, other guys are saying, you know, he's boring, but he's efficient and he's effective and he knows his strengths and weaknesses. So I think that'll be the key to kind of Luke Falk's careers. Once he gets to the NFL, is he going to, you know, turn into a different guy who just forgets about his limitations? I hope not. I hope he realizes that, you know, the guy I was in college is probably the guy I need to stay in the NFL. And is it maybe going to be a little uninspiring to watch at times? Sure. But if you get the win, if you get the W, then, hey, it's worth it. Yeah, and uh, Washington State in the mix there for the college football playoffs. The last one on Falk before we move on, Justin. You know, we had a fun debate with uh, Joe, you, and myself on Twitter this past week about the top overall quarterback in this year's draft. I'm just curious about your opinion in terms of the top senior quarterback in your class because a lot of people like Mason Rudolph. uh, You're an NFL GM. You know, the the big three underclassmen are off the board. You have a pick there later in the first round, and you need a quarterback. Rudolph and Falk are on the board. Which one are you going with here? Oh, I'm taking Austin Allen. (laughs) <laughs> I can't. Get, I can't get enough of this kid, man. I mean, I think if you put him on so many other teams, we're talking about you know a first round pick or at least a late first round, you know, dark horse. He's got the arm strength that Rudolph and Falk lack. He's. I think he's. I don't know if he's as mobile as Rudolph, but he's up there. I think it's just because he's smaller. He doesn't appear to be as athletic, but I mean, this kid can drive the ball and he can place it you know, with the best of them. I, I think the only real limitation you see with Austin Allen is he's not tall. He's probably six one. Um, so, I mean, at this point, when you watch these guys throw the outs, throw the deep outs, um, throw over the middle of the field between the hashes where you really have to drive that ball, I think Austin Allen does it better than any of these or does it better than the other two. So, you know, like my opinion has been out there on Rudolph for a while. This is a day three guy. I don't want – I just don't want him on my team. Falk is a guy I would take. I think he's a good player as well, um, just like Allen. But I think Allen has the, the jump on the other two as far as I think you place him on a couple NFL teams right now and they're winning a few more games than they would because he's a gunslinger, but he's also patient. He's great in the pocket. He understands his offense well. Um, for being a first-year starter, it's rare that you see – or yeah, for watching him last year, for being that first-year starter, it's rare that you see that kind of command and understanding of the offense so early. And, I mean, I know it's a play-action-based offense. It's not the most complex thing you'll ever see. But it is a pro style with dropbacks, and, you know, you need to be precise when you play in his offense, and you need to be patient. And you need a good O-line, which he never had. Um, And the way that you see him manipulate pockets and manipulate the pressure and step up and slide and reset and also throw on time, um, with accuracy, it's just kind of marvelous to watch when you watch a lot of these college guys that come out of these ridiculous, you know, wide-open system where it's, you know, snap the ball, throw it, snap the ball, throw it. That's not what Austin Allen's doing. He's doing a lot of pro-style stuff. So, um, as far as the senior guys, he's going to be my top guy for a bit until I see something more out of probably Falk. Well, that's, you know, interesting that you went with Austin Allen. I, I also do like him, probably not as high as you are, but I do think that he flashes a lot of things to like about his game. I think, you know, at this point in time, the biggest knock I personally have about him is I'd like to see him win some 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 ball games against the tougher competition. And, 
you know, I'm not asking him to, to clean sweep the SEC. I, I just would like to see a little bit more. It just seems, you know, TCU, Texas A&M, his performance seems to dip a little. And then, you know, against the less bonafide teams, he, he seems to excel more. So it's just something to keep an eye on that I've observed. And, you know, playing in the SEC, he'll have plenty of plenty more games here his senior season to uh, shine and, and – uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if um, he became a fast riser the closer that we get to the draft. And you heard it here first from Justin Gamble. Follow him on Twitter, at Gamscout. Follow us on Twitter, at NFL Draft Bible. Rick Saratella here along for the ride. Counting you down, and we're going to talk about our marquee matchup of the week. But first, um, you know, Justin brought you the FBS Player of the Week, under-the-radar prospect. And uh, I'm going to talk about my FCS player of the week and you know it goes to um Timon Paris of Stony Brook he's an offensive tackle I had a chance to scout him in person against the big time program a couple years ago I can't remember offhand what game that was but you know I've been keeping tabs on him Uh, of course here living in New Jersey uh, Staten Island or Long Island not too far away. So we do get some Stony Brook games occasionally and this guy is just really a, a lockdown left tackle, and I, I think he has starting characteristics at the next level. I really do. Timon with a T, Paris, uh, this guy just doesn't get beat. And, you know, you could even go back to the first week one. Their only loss of the season to South Florida, they, they kept it relatively close, 31-17. You've seen South Florida just blow teams out of the water. They just smashed Temple, who was a very good program that won 10 games a year ago. And you know, ever since that first loss, Stony Brook has rattled off um, four straight victories, and it's been behind uh, Timon Paris and leading the running running game with Stacy Bedell, the Maryland transfer back there for the Seawolves. So, you know, listen, I, I want to tell you that this is a guy I'm going to pound the table for if I'm in the in the war room day three, and we need a left tackle. Uh, this is going to be a guy that I'm really, really going to, you know, tell you that I got confidence that this guy can be a serious factor at the next level. So, Simone Paris, Stony Brook, FCS, watch list player of the week, offensive line love. Uh, always got to love the love for the offensive line. So, uh, with that being said, you know, we have uh, really the marquee matchup of the week that we're going to bring to you. And uh, to do that, we turn it back over to Justin. Uh, Justin, which matchup are you keeping a close eye on for this week's college football action? Before we get to that, let me throw out one more name that I did some research on last week. I just want the people to know this guy real quick. Sorry, buddy. New Mexico State wide receiver Jaleel Scott. Um, he's a transfer, grad transfer. He's from Ellsworth Community College in 2015, got to New Mexico State last year. Um, didn't really do a whole lot. He led the team in touchdowns, but he didn't get a whole lot of targets and, you know, other, you know, participation each game, um, even though he got the most touchdowns. But this season he's been the top receiver for them every single game. Last week against Arkansas, went for nine, went nine receptions for 174 yards and a touchdown. Um, if you watched him in week one against Arizona State, he was their leading receiver that game, too, and he had that circus catch in the back of the end zone. Uh, he's 6'6", 215, 
And the kind of athleticism he has been putting on film each and every week so far has been jaw-dropping. I haven't had the chance to watch all the games in between the Arkansas and the Arizona State game, but uh, I'm excited to do so soon. And I've heard nothing but good. I know Dane Brugler's talked this kid up a little bit and said, you know, this might be the top wide receiver prospect in the nation. So keep him on your radar because a guy this big and this productive and this athletic does not come around um, each and every each and every year. So Jaleel Scott, New Mexico State. Now, let me get to that marquee matchup that you were talking about. Well, wait, wait a second, wait a second. You can't just throw out <laughs> he could be the best wide receiver prospect and just want, move on here. I mean, whoa. I don't want to follow up. Words. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, listen, I, I'm glad you brought him up because he was my under-the-radar prospect a couple weeks ago, and I think he has arguably the catch of the year. And if you yeah. listen to his head coach, yeah. And his head coach, Doug Martin, speaks very highly of him. Doug Martin, I think, just received a coaching extension, I I, I think. But, um, yeah, Jaleel Scott, he brings size. He brings athleticism, agility. I love his, uh, his, his ability to adjust to the balls while they're in the air. I mean uh, – and I guess Clearly, yeah. I guess the I guess the secret is out if people are talking about him this highly, uh, Justin. I wasn't aware that he was gaining that much traction, but you're saying now that he could be considered uh one of the top senior draft prospects at the wide receiver position. I mean, when you're that big and you're putting up the numbers he's putting up even against power five, I don't think you know, he can only keep that a secret for so long. So I I personally have only watched two games of him, but, you know, like you were saying, the way that the body control and the way he can adjust in the air is wild. I mean, you shouldn't be this big and this athletic. It shouldn't look this easy for you. I think he'll probably be that classic big guy where it's like the only concern might be long speed. But when you're this big and this athletic, does that even really matter? I mean, unless you're running a five flat, who cares? Um, if he's even in the four sixes, I mean, that's flying for a guy this this size, so. Yeah, man. I mean, you brought him up a few weeks ago, and it looks like people heard the word. And now, I don't know, now he's being talked about as possibly the top senior in the nation. Man, I'm intrigued. I think James Washington might have something to say about that, but I am intrigued. I'm excited. And uh, that's what we do here on the College Bidarn Showcase Watchlist Show. So if you like the conversation, if you like the NFL draft, I highly suggest you click subscribe. We're on iTunes. Uh, we appreciate any comments or feedback. Please share, spread the word, retweet, and all that good stuff. Um, time for the marquee matchup now, Justin. And, hey, this um, this race for the college football playoffs, uh, it looks like, you know, these three teams, until they lose, are going to be locked in, and, and that's uh, Clemson, Oklahoma, Alabama. Uh, that fourth spot we've been – debating now for quite a while, but uh, who is your marquee matchup of the week here for the college football action? Well, for me, I was looking at some of the player matchups and some of the top prospects and who they directly have to line up against or who their, you know, their performance is going to be, you know, line, you know, long story short, I'm watching NC state tonight versus Lamar Jackson and Louisville, mainly because that, front four of NC State features four seniors, um, Contavious Street at defensive end, Justin Jones and B.J. Hill at defensive tackle, and then on the other side, 
on defensive end, uh, at defensive end, is Bradley Chubb. Um, Bradley Chubb gets a ton of first-round love, and deservedly so. He's a big, big prototype base end in a 4-3 defense. Um, he's got a little giddy-up. He's got a little speed to turn the corner, but he's a power guy. He sets the violent edge, um, and he's just an all-around great football player. But these four are going to be tasked tonight with not only getting after Lamar Jackson, but also trying to contain him. Um, and these type of games are where you really kind of see the tenacity, uh, maybe I don't want to say the motivation, but just kind of the mind power of these guys and the mental will that they're going to have to stay disciplined all game while also exhausting their bodies and kind of putting their level of athleticism on tape for us all to see. I mean, Bradley Chubb, we know can come forward. We know he can get off the ball and attack offensive tackles, but can he hold the edge? Can he play in space? You know, what is his lower body explosion look like when he's forced to, you know, chase down Lamar Jackson? And I'm not expecting him to mirror and match this kid all game or anything like that, but, I do want to see these two uh, base ends maybe have to, you know, chase him out of the pocket and contain him in space. So, I mean, this is a big game for Bradley Chubb. This is, a, I think, scouts will go back to watch this game just to say, let's just see what Lamar Jackson did to him. Let's see what kind of athleticism he really has when he's forced to kind of move away from that, you know, the scrum in the middle of the field. What does he do when he's out there? So, and then Justin Jones and B.J. Hill in the middle – can you rush up field while also containing? Um, can they shoot some gaps and maybe surprise Lamar Jackson tonight? I don't know. These guys so far look more kind of like run stoppers and big bruisers. So um, that's what I really want to just pay attention to that matchup in the trenches tonight and see how these guys get after him while also containing him. I want to see if they, you know, wear down towards the end of the game, if they kind of look like they give up, if they put their hands on their hips. You know, the whole thing I want, I want to watch kind of intently – the entire thing just to really study how, you know, the progress of the game and the progress of their mental willpower. So, um, you know, Lamar Jackson can destroy pretty much anyone at the college level so far. I mean, we see his athleticism is just unmatched. So um, you really have to stay strong in the head just to make sure that you, you know, don't neglect your responsibility and you stay disciplined. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I want to see these NC State seniors. I want to see what they got after all their experience. I want to see what kind of uh, mental strength they can possess the entire 60 minutes. Yeah, containment is going to be the key word tonight for those uh, NC State defensive linemen and, of course, Bradley Chubb, uh, 12 tackles for a loss this year, as you mentioned, probably uh, projected for first-round Great, I would imagine. Um, now, you know, NC State, 19 injuries, 13 players out for the season. They're hanging tough, 4-1, and one, number 24 in the country against the uh, Louisville Cardinals, number 17 in the nation. Uh, quick game prediction here, Louisville favored by three, Justin. Uh, people expecting a close matchup this evening. NC State takes this one, man. It's in it's in NC State, right? It's it's at home for them for the Wolfpack. Am I right? Okay, yeah, it is. It is in a NC State, and uh, okay, that will be. And I think I they're think more. The first... I think they're more well. Go ahead. Uh, I think NC State is just so well rounded. I think that Ryan Finley, their I think redshirt senior quarterback, I think mm-hmm. he's got just enough in him to. Um, Richard Jr., yeah, whatever. I think he's just he's, – he's consistent enough. He's good enough. He can stretch the field just enough 
Um, I don't know if Jair Alexander is playing tonight, the cornerback for Louisville. Questionable. Uh, questionable. See, I mean, he's a he's a blue chip prospect. So when you lose a guy like that, it's going to be tough, especially against a team that I think will do just enough to contain Lamar Jackson all game to where, you know, this Louisville offense is not going to put up 30 to 40 points. I think they're going to be in the 20s, um, maximum, you know, in the 20s. So I think NC State has what it takes. I think they have just enough experience to kind of wear down this Louisville team and uh, possibly take it. Well, it's going to be a heck of a matchup, and uh, I'll be watching it tomorrow on TiVo because my Yankees are playing tonight. But I am uh, very intrigued. Uh, Bobby Petrino, this is a stupid stat, but he's never lost to a team in North Carolina. He's 14-0. and 0, So, uh, well, you know, maybe the Wolfpack will change that trend tonight. So, uh, we're going to wrap it up here in just a second. We're going to get a parting shot from Justin in a moment. But first, I want to tell everybody that the NFLDraftBible.com is born again. And we will have uh, an email announcement of a website announcement and uh, social media posts and announcements um, explaining everything. So, you know, keep it locked to the NFLDraftBible.com. If you want to be on our email list, my email is RIC at NFLDraftBible.com. Just drop me a line so you want to get on our free email blast. And, uh, you know, we got some very, very good stuff going on at the website right now. We got new uh, scouting reports dropping each and every day. We have um, our scouting report index page right there on the homepage so you can see all of our previous scouting reports and also the scouting reports that are scheduled to appear on the website. Um, And then this week, you know, I uh, previewed the NFL draft quarterbacks, took a look at each conference, broke down the best prospect in each conference, and then we also uh, analyzed the top senior quarterback in each conference. So that's now available at the NFL draftbible.com along with interviews, updates, news, and information. And of course this podcast will be up there as well. So if you like it, uh, please do click subscribe, share it, find us on iTunes, leave us a review and ranking or rating, whatever. Hey, we appreciate all the love and support. With that being said, it's uh, coming down to the nitty gritty here on another NFL Draft Podcast brought to you by the College Gridiron Showcase and NFL Draft Bible. It's what we do, baby. All right, Justin, parting shot for the week. What do you got for us? Parting shot, babe. Uh, Here we go. Um, Talking to another evaluator that I really respect this week, um, and I was he kind of he messaged me out of the blue, and I was like kind of taken back by it because I had the same thought earlier in the week. I just didn't feel ballsy enough to maybe talk about it, but he goes. Hey man, is uh, is it crazy to think that maybe Minka Fitzpatrick is the, you know, top player in the nation right now, or maybe could be the most valuable come draft time? And I sat there and I'm thinking, you know, I thought this the other day, but I thought also that's crazy because he's a safety. But I mean, when you go through the list of players that are going to be taking the NFL by storm next year, Minka Fitzpatrick might be one of the ones that has the most immediate impact and maybe overall versatility. And I'm thinking also, you know, with his athletic ceiling, with how athletic he really is and how good he really can be, um, why not? Why wouldn't he be? Why might he not be the top player in the nation? Um, I think when you look at Eric Berry coming out of Tennessee, 
the ability to play nickelback, to play safety, to play strong safety, free safety, boundary corner, to play linebacker and blitz. Um, they kind of share a lot of the same traits and a lot of the same, you know, characteristics as far as how they play the game. Um, being ball hawks, being whatever. I mean, anything you ask them to do, they can do. Um, and I think maybe look, looking at the rest of the class, maybe Barkley, maybe Rosen or something, depending on how you feel, maybe Christian Wilkins. Um, you could argue those guys are in the running for the top player too, but I just don't see a weakness right now in Minka Fitzpatrick's game. I think Derwin James got all the hype coming into the, into the preseason and whatnot, but Minka Fitzpatrick just has a skill set that I believe could actually be more valuable on an NFL team, no matter the scheme, where I think you kind of have to put uh, Derwin James into a specific role to make sure he is, you know, the most successful he can be. Where Minka, I think you just put him on the field, and this is the honey badger, you know, reincarnated, just bigger. This is uh, maybe the second coming of Eric Berry. So um, it was kind of a wild thought, and it kind of, like I said, it took me back, but when I really think about it, when I really break it down, I don't see why not. I think Minka Fitzpatrick might be the best player in the nation right now. Very interesting stuff. And uh, no doubt about it, he's playing six different positions there for the Crimson Tide. And, hey, you you take a look at what um, Jamal Adams has brought to that Jets team and Malik Hooker playing extremely well for the Colts. Hey, the safeties are involved. They're making a comeback, man. And, and uh, there was a run there for a little bit with Ed Reed and Troy Palomalu and Bob Sanders. And um, every Super Bowl team that was winning had one of these playmaking safeties. Earl Thomas was another one. So, you know, they could be on the verge of making a comeback. You mentioned Derwin James is another guy. You know, just for the record, I have it Darnold, Wilkins, Rosen, Derwin James, Saquon Barkley, Minka Fitzpatrick, Josh Allen. Those are the top eight for me personally. Of course, the three quarterbacks are there, the impact factor. But, yeah, James and Fitzpatrick, I think, is going to be an interesting debate come draft season. And uh, depending on what you need, what you're looking for, I guess, could dictate who comes off the board first. Just curious for you, Justin, if you had to pick a position – what would be your preference in terms of slotting uh, Minka Fitzpatrick at the next level? Where do you think he fits best? See, I think with the new with the new defenses or well, with the new offenses and the way that you have to counter them by playing certain styles of defense, I think that's the cool thing about Minka, and maybe that's what makes him so valuable is you don't have to slot him into one position because just like at Bama, he's playing both safety spots, he's playing the nickel at times. Um, we've seen him match up with tight ends. We've seen him play deep, you know, deep single high safety. So um, I think just like, like I said, like Tyran Matthew, you don't need to put him in one spot, which is why he is so valuable. Um, and I think a lot of times versatility is kind of talked about to the point where, you know, it's, it's overused because what's, what's, the, what's the use of being okay at five spots when, you know, it's better to have one guy who's better at one spot but I think Minka Fitzpatrick is elite at five or six spots. And that's what's going to make him such a valuable prospect come draft time. So can you play him at safety? Sure. Can you play him at nickel? Sure. Can you play him on the boundary? Sure. Are you going to get the same result no matter what? Probably. He's elite. He's an elite blue chip prospect. So um, 
I, I guess I don't even have an answer for you there. What spot? That's what. That's the whole point of Minka is he can play any spot at the highest level. No, it makes sense. I mean, you mentioned guys like the Honey Badger. Uh, you know, uh, somebody else had just come to mind that slipped my. Kenny Vaccaro is a guy that you know is used in a oh. couple different ways. So cover, covering the tight ends, as you mentioned, I mean. Uh, I'd take a guy like Evan Ingram here in Jersey is, is an emerging weapon for Eli Manning. You take a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick, maybe if you're the Eagles and or the Cowboys, and uh, now you have a guy that can shut down uh, an Evan Ingram. So good stuff from Justin. Always dropping the gamble on him with uh, draft knowledge. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Gam Scout and. Uh, you know, Justin, this show flew by. Of course, we didn't have our uh, comrade Joe Everett this week, but uh, another episode down, and we'll be back at it again next week for episode number 40, my man. Yeah, I'm excited to do it, um, and I'm excited to hear about the, you know, the draft Bible coming back up. I'm excited to hear some of the announcements because even I don't know all of it. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, it's I'm been a lot of stuff going excited. on, to say the least. Yeah, I think so. I'm pumped. <laughs> No, we're pumped, and uh, the NFL Draft Bible is back and better than ever, and, and we're excited about it. So, uh, again, if you want to get updated on that, we'll have an announcement on the on the website. We'll post it on social media. The email blast is hopefully going out today and uh, just kind of clarify some things of what's really going on. But, uh, hey, man, you know, listen, the NFL Draft Bible has been around and kicking since 2002, bringing you the names you need to know. And, you know, it's not easy competing with the mainstream media and especially in this day and age. So, you know, stay tuned for that announcement and uh, stay tuned for this podcast each and every week. We'll be counting you down to Addison, Texas, the Cosgrid Iron Showcase, the fourth annual Cosgrid Iron Showcase and Symposium in Addison, Texas, cgsallstar.com. For more information, we had Craig Red on earlier in the show talking about the uh, scouting class that we'll have in addition to uh, invites going out for the watch or for the event. So if you're a player listening to the show, um, check your check your emails, check your voicemails, check your coaches, check your SIDs, and uh, we will definitely be in contact. We will track you down if we want you down in Addison, Texas. So listen, we appreciate everybody for tuning in. Again, please spread the word, share, like, all that good stuff, and uh, we'll catch you back at it again next week. Back at it again. It's another edition of the Cosgrid Art Showcase Watchlist Show. Tracking the top NFL draft prospects on the planet each and every week. Brought to you by the NFL Draft Bible. Broadcasting around the globe. With your hosts, Joe Everett, Justin Gamble, and me, the R.I.T. Rick Saratella. We are on air. You're on